Hello and welcome to Why We Care, the nursing career podcast from the people of Signet Healthcare. I'm Rowan Marriott, head of resource in here at Signet, and I wanted to welcome you to season one. In this episode, I chat with Raf. He's our very own expert by experience lead. He's at the heart of our approach to co-production with service users, and he shares some valuable experience and advice on how he makes it all happen. Um, my name, my name's Raf. I'm the group expert by experience lead for Signet Healthcare. Um, I was, uh, I've been using services, you know, for quite a long time since I was uh, quite young, and um, I then joined the Care Quality Commission as an expert by experience, took part in a lot of their inspections there, got up a lot of experience, um, came over to Signet to kind of lead on co-production, involvement, engagement. And um, ever since then, I've just kind of been just trying to expand on my knowledge within, you know, kind of co-production, went on to do a master's in mental health recovery and social inclusion with the support of the organisation, which I thought was brilliant. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to build a team of uh, competent experts by experience to be able to go out and represent the services of you from a local level all the way to the board to ensure someone like me who um, you know has been through services as a voice at every level of the organization cool so obviously i'm i'm in recruitment and um i've always been interested so how, how did you get your job at signet what was the what was what was the process well you know it was at, at the time it was um it was like more, I think I had a good understanding of Signet from inspecting their services for so long with CTC. And um, uh, I think I had kind of not necessarily developed relationships, but I think you know, people kind of get to know you over over time, you know, when you start inspecting the same hospital over and over again. Or, you know, I was doing work outside the CTC to kind of push forward the co-production agenda. Yeah. So um, I kind of bumped into someone on the board actually quite in touch with the chief exec at the time yeah um, then yeah, he kind of just offered me to go to visit i think it was uh, signet harrow and i went in and at the time i remember seamus figley now operations director who was a uh, the manager of signet harrow and then um, i remember it was my first ever report it was not it was nothing fancy these days i've got these long reports that I do with all sorts of stuff in there from best practice, lessons learned, risk, uh, you know, safety, all sorts. Well, you've done a master's Whereas, now, haven't you? So, yeah, yeah. Well, well, back then, my <laughs> yeah. first report, I remember I wrote down, the manager's all right, Seamus is a lad's <laughs> lad. And um, uh, I think the chief exec quite liked that. He, he, he was like, um, you know, he doesn't really see reports like that much, but it was um, something that, that was quite human for him so it was just kind of very one sentence one line of feedback but it was quite from the heart because i was kind of fresh out of services really and and then we just blossomed from there fantastic great stuff okay so um question for you then is how how can professionals learn from service users to improve mental health care but there's lots of different ways i would say that um you know staff can learn from service users firstly i would say that would be from uh you know, just having a conversation, you know, being able to speak to the people in your care from a personal level will give you that personal growth and professional understanding of a different perspective. And that is perhaps the most important perspective in care um, of, you know, the people on the receiving end. Then we've got lots of other forums and, and, and ways to 
involve people with lived experience to learn from them. That could be through training sessions, for instance. And uh, we've got the kind of usual conferences and stuff like that, but we've really moved away from that. I'd say, you know, working alongside people with lived experience and, um, you know, working alongside service users on the ground, they don't necessarily have to be discharged. To co-produce on a local level is perhaps the best way to, to really move things forward. And, you know, when you create something, whatever it may be, whether it be an initiative, a project, a change in policy or local protocols, people are a lot more likely to buy into and be on board with it if they actually have involvement in it. So you'll be banging on an open door yep. when it's time to, to, to roll anything through. Okay, cool. Um, and then how, how can you introduce this approach into the day-to-day in nursing i mean for nurses i would say that um you know we've seen a a rapid change in how people with lived experience engage on the ground you know we've seen um, least restrictive champions for example which are both staff and service users um, diversity champions we've seen um, all sorts of different initiatives taking place on a local level where you have both a staff representative and a service user representative and that enables both the professional and lived experience perspective to work together in co-production to push things through um, you know again we've got things like ward reps experts by experience for individual services um, that can also include family carers of course and um, you know through that lots of different you know, elements of, of change has been able to take place and not only within Signet but externally too. So I'll definitely just say um, you know, it's such a broad spectrum when we have these conversations though because it's like, you know, people should be involved in every element of yeah. everything to do with the service. So we can't even sit here and say, you know, we need to do this or involve this person with this. What I would say is that if you are thinking of making a change, an improvement, or bringing something new into a service, it should definitely be done in conjunction, in co-production, and co-delivered alongside the people within that service. And this is a good point, because when I'm talking about experts by experience, and you know we can blabber on about it a lot, just because I'm an expert by experience, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm an expert for all experiences because I'm an expert by experience for the experiences that I've encountered. But I can't truly go on to an eating disorder service and sit down with someone with an NG tube and, you know, going in them and saying, I I know what it feels like to, um, you know, kind of be measured on my BMI all the time and and be force-fed. You know, it, 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 it doesn't kind of quite sit right. So we need experts by experience to be involved who have got the relevant experience for the services that they're working within and working alongside because then they're able to bring that essential personal lived experience perspective to the table okay um so how how would do you lead in this project identify a you know a, an expert by experience that you think is going to do a good job what makes a good expert well, by experience a good expert by experience is someone who speaks from the heart who always has and um, you know the, the service user voice as the number one priority even if it may piss people off sometimes um but at the same time you've got to be diplomatic as well because you know in the early days i used to go and complain a lot and and learn a lot and you know at the end of the day we're just human beings whether you're a nurse or whether you're a service user and you know it's just about trying to deal with people diplomatically and and um you know politely and humanely um and I, i think when I'm looking for an expert by experience, I'm not necessarily looking for someone, you know, who's 
going to be an easy ride as such or someone who is not displaying clinical symptoms because the whole concept of recovery is us moving away from that idea that you know people are somehow cured if they are no longer symptomatic the whole concept of recovery which what the whole co-production and expert by experience agenda falls under is that people can live a meaningful life beyond their diagnosis so you know it is tough work i do have experts by experience sometimes who might go you know missing for a few days or a few weeks but you know at the end of the day so i know some staff that do that as well you know sometimes people just go in a bad place don't answer their phone or something it happens but the vast majority of the time we get invaluable feedback from experts by experience who go on the ground and we're able to deliver and create real change as a result of that feedback and that's what we ought to focus on more So one thing that I think people listening to this who are interested in doing this kind of thing in maybe in their own organisation or being involved in it um, would be really valuable to them is um, along the lines of this. So when I first saw you present, it was at a big manager's meeting and, you know, uh, in a big hall, uh, I was um, up after you, um, which I wasn't best pleased about after watching your presentation. <laughs> and I watched your presentation. You do, you do a great job, bro. Oh, thank you very much. I wasn't fishing for that. But I watched your watched your presentation, watched your video uh, that you made, um, which, which was really good. And I thought, wow, you know, how confident is this guy? And, you know, how well did you speak, etc. In fact, I remember phoning you on my way home uh, and I think I said something like, I wish I was in your gang <laughs> or wish I'd come from your gang or something along those lines and thought, what am I saying? I have I Yeah, yeah. No, no, I know, I know, I know that. But um, it kind of, I think the thing that shone through was, was your confidence. And it wasn't just that because I've also been to similar forums where you've brought other experts by experience and mm-hmm. they've been equally as confident and you've been stood next to them. Yeah, so you make it very comfortable. But, you know, if how, how do you install that confidence in somebody? to come and speak in front no, of people. You know, like, I, 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 there's all this stuff about, like, leadership and there's these leadership courses and videos and trainings and all sorts of stuff. But to be honest with you, it's just about supporting and empowering people. You know what I mean? We, we like, we can sometimes lack a lot of confidence as people have used services because, you know, we're, we're always... We've always had people focus on our deficits. You don't go into a ward round meeting if you're a service user and you sit down with your psychiatrist and everyone and everyone says, Raf, you've done amazing this week. This piece of artwork you've done was fantastic. Yeah. It's a little bit like, you know, it's very medically based. You know, you want to talk about meds and leave and all this mingo jingo that we don't even understand. Section 17 leave and 116 community, all of this stuff. And, you know, I think for experts by experience, they're engaging with the sector in a different way. So although it's using their lived experience, it's in a different capacity. We're no longer service users as such in the sense that we are under your care, but we're looked at as, I guess, equal colleagues in in that respect. And as such, the dynamic of the relationship is different and it does boost a lot of confidence. You know, even just having you kind of maybe call me up on that day or speak to me 
after that conference, even the accumulation of these things helped boost confidence because we never had the opportunity to do that beforehand as service users. So being give, given these platforms and being given this ability to talk about our experiences and to help make change within the organization, um, you know, it, it builds confidence and then that naturally rubs off on others. And it, yeah. it's almost like, it's almost like, um, no, I was going to say a virus, so probably not <laughs> most appropriate. It, it's almost like a domino effect, shall That's we say. Bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, it, it, it kind of, it spreads, it's, it's infectious in the sense that, you know, when, when you kind of have a few, I wouldn't say... I, I, I don't I don't really like the word like kind of um, visionary as such but when you have someone with a vision of kind of seeing real change happen at every level and you know I think people have got kind of like a path to follow because a lot a lot of the stuff that has happened to date or what I've been involved in has been done you know for the first time really people I think have probably tried to do it before. But, you know, the way we've got it, bro, we probably don't really shout that much. But, yeah. you know, you kind of see it out. Like, it's unusual. Like, I've got like, I've got office next door to the chief operating officer and the chief exec. You know I mean? You see this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I share it with the managing directors and stuff. I, I get a problem. You know, someone calls me up about something that's been picked up in one of our people's councils. I can just walk over to, you know, the, the chief information officer's office and, and, you know, tell him we need Wi-Fi sorted out of this service or something. Things, don't, things like that don't really happen. Also, to be honest with you, yeah. so I can hold people to account right then and there, and um, you know we've, we've created a lot of change. Whether it's been providing people with um, you know technology access from tablets to state-of-the-art sensory rooms, you know um, we, we, we've been able to really, really create and drive a lot of change from least restrictive practice to kind of ensuring people are more involved into their care plans and. You know, slowly but surely, I think in, in accumulation, we've done a, a great job at Cigna. And, um, you know, yeah. it's just it's just about how we celebrate it. So but, so that, that leads me to the next thing I want to ask you, because you've got um, really quite amazing backing from the organisation for what you do. Um, and it is celebrated and supported, etc. So if you, what advice would you give to someone in another organisation who might not have that support straight away, but they want to start something like this. What, what are the little things that people could do? Yeah, to be honest with you, it's very difficult unless you have strategic buy-in, um, in, in all honesty, because there's fantastic work happening on a local level in, in um, other trusts and, you know, other independent sector organisations, but I don't think there's that same strategic buy-in. And without that, you are perhaps able to make small ripples of changes, um, you know, on, on a local level, but it's a lot more difficult to make that more wider cultural and organizational change, which in the same way that we've been able to do. Um, so I would say it's about working on the hearts of mind and minds of, um, you know, people on a strategic level. And, um, you know, for, for, for us, it's just quite simple. I think, um, you know, our board are quite driven for quality. Um, you know, I think in the independent sector, there's this misconception you know, about profiteering and all of that, but, you know, none of the money goes to our pockets. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, you know, people, a support worker at one of our hospitals is the same as a support worker at, at another trust. Um, you know, I can imagine they would have the same kind of um, values and principles and the same passion to get up and want to go and care for people. You know, 
So for, for me, it's just very simple in the, the sense that there's a, a kind of an exchange going on here where the, the board are able to open up to the concept of co-production and in return they're able to see better quality more satisfaction as a result more um you know more satisfied um you know relationships with for example nhs england or kind of contractors or whatever um you know the regulators for example the care quality commission have been um, you know really supportive of our work um, which has been represented for example in um, the world review that we had which is basically an inspection on the governance of the whole organization um and you know so it's a, it's a mutually beneficial agreement and I, I think that if other organizations were able to fully understand that they would be more open to having a more kind of wider embedded co-production infrastructure which, which will help them really push that forward cool lovely lovely have you got an example that you could share with us of a, a service user who's been involved um their challenge the result and their outcome you don't need to name any names obviously but give us a flavor of of a kind of experience for a service user in this um, so could could this be like a complaint or something, yeah? Um, yeah, or just how they've been involved in one of your projects and, you know, how they've helped influence what goes on. Yeah, like, so, you know, I, I quite often I'll come across, for example, service users who, you know, can complain quite a lot. And a lot of the time, I would say that it's easy to label service users as vexatious complainers if they're making a lot of complaints but equally it doesn't take away from the credibility or the validity of the complaints unless yeah. you look at them properly and um, you know there, there was one thing that really sprung out to mind when you said that one instance where i remember kind of seeing quite a lot of complaints from um, you know this this chap and then i just thought you know go, go onto the ground to go and see him and um, even within myself, I think feel like perhaps I'd been professionalised at this point because I was just thinking um, maybe this chap's on well or something. To be honest, because I think you know, like twenty complaints were being logged a day or something like yeah. that, which is quite quite excessive to be fair. But actually, when I went down and, and sat down with the services and went through the complaints, you know, I, they, they, they had a lot of validity. Yeah. To be honest with you, and um, you know the service could could have been doing better right okay and um you know we, we then went to do a focus piece of work um focusing on the, the kind of uh, complaints and, and how we can address them and as a result we we actually saw an a more general improvement in the actual whole service wow so the concept before was kind of what can we do about reducing the complaints from the yeah. service whereas we should be in the school of thought of hey, how can we improve the service. Yes. And and that was a big learning curve for everyone. What are you most proud of? I'm probably most proud of the People's Council, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because um, the People's Council, if you don't know what it is, is basically um, a monthly meeting that we have in our service users, which is replicated, um, which is on a hospital level or in one of our homes. I mean, it's replicated on a regional level um, by a biannual meeting and then um, annually by a national meeting and um, it basically just gives people a voice at every level of the organization 
um, in the same way that you'd kind of have these service user forums in, in, in our schools. It's basically like that, but it brings all of them together through incorporating it into our governance structure and then it can feed into things like clinical governance or, you know, the nursing board, um, you know, or positive and safe care, etc. And um, if anyone on a regional or strategic level, you know, wants something from me or, or wants some kind of input, whether it be into an initiative, a project or policy, we're able to kind of send that back down to the people's councils on a ground level. And there it's shaped and moulded by services as family carers and junior staff, um, you know, who all are able to kind of have some input into what we're doing on a strategic level. And, um, you know, that's that we've done quite a lot of research around that, a lot of analysis. We've seen that it's increased satisfaction, it's reduced complaints. Um, you know, we've had our independent advocates kind of assess it, who are very positive on, on, on the structure, equally the Care Quality Commission as well, in our re recent well-led review, which has also been recognised on lots of uh, CQC inspection reports taking place on a local level. And, um, you know, I think that is quite a big deal for us because, you know, we, we, we are an independent sexual organisation to, so to be able to kind of challenge the misconceptions that there are about us because you know we don't have to do this this work necessarily like yeah. a lot of the work that we've done in Cigna for years now obviously the sector's rapidly moved towards it but when we first started there, there wasn't like much of an expectation to do we've done it because we wanted to do it because we thought it was the right thing to do yeah and that's what continues to drive us so um the people's councils that's definitely something I've I've been, been most proud of because um, you know, it, it's, it's supported so many people. I've even got so many experts by experience through the People's Council, you know, where I've, I've visited one and I've just seen, you know, some services be able to just articulate themselves in such a way. And I'm just sitting there like, this person has to be yeah. an expert by experience. Yeah. So it's just almost, it's like a channel for so many things, whether it be feedback, whether it be improvements, whether it be kind of recruiting experts by experience. And um, for me, that, that that's definitely been a bigger, big achievement. Brilliant, love it, Raf. It's been brilliant. It's been good catching up with you. Thank um, you. Thank you for joining Always. the podcast, and I look forward to the next one, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. As you can tell, Raf has plenty to share, and we'll be revisiting the topic of co-production in the coming seasons. So don't forget to subscribe for updates on our future episodes. <laughs>